1: Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host,
2: Adam Patrick. Alright, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for Vikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow... The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age. And you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, on today's show is Nick Edland. He writes for us here at The Viking Age. He is also one half of the One Bar and Lepagus show on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't heard of that, go check that out immediately. They do good work over there. But he's been on the show in the past so just welcome back to the podcast nick
1: thanks for having me what an exciting time to be a vikings fan it truly is
2: exciting uh is a one way to describe it that's uh that's that's definitely for sure uh i'd say uh, i don't know yeah i guess it's exciting and nervous at the same time and optimistic and, and not and pessimistic at the same time
1: <laughs> And also dumbfounding these things that are coming out of yeah, Mike Zimmer's yeah. final months and weeks is absolutely just head scratching.
2: It, yeah, and I think you some of the stuff that's come out, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, just like because we know, I don't know if you know, but the owners like live in New Jersey; they don't live in Minnesota, so it's like all this stuff kind of happens under their nose, and then they're like, wait, wait, what's going on? It's like, well, you're supposed to be, uh, you know, keeping track of all this, and uh, but you know. The stuff that's come out isn't surprising. I'm sure more will come out because, uh, you know, there's always more than one side to the story. But uh, this week, well, not this week, just recently, the Vikings have put in re- requests for a bunch of GMs and and head coach candidates. Um, they've already met with some. Um, but do any of the people that they've requested to meet for with their head coaching job intrigue you real quick? I'll go over the list of of people that they've requested so far. Uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Nathaniel Hackett, Packers' offensive coordinator, I believe they met with on Sunday. Uh, Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers' defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers' defensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' defensive coordinator. And Kevin O'Connell, the Rams' offensive coordinator. So four defensive coordinators and three offensive coordinators. Uh... Is there a name that, that stands out to you?
1: Well, there was a couple there. And I think we gotta take a step back first. you know, everybody assumed the Vikings were gonna go with this offensive mind, but just right. because you know, get away from what Zimmer was. But I think you really just gotta find a guy who's the best leader of this mm-hmm. group. And that's truly what I think makes a great coach, a guy who'll delegate to his offensive coordinator to his defensive coordinator who won't just focus on one side of the ball and not see the whole product. So uh, you gotta find what that guy is. And I like the the range, the net that the, the Wils are casting here. Obviously, I'd like to have the GM in place before we make any kind of decision Correct. or even bring anybody in. But uh, yeah, there are some names. I mean, the first one, and I, the guy who I was kind of on the target of halfway through the season was Killen Moore. Yep. Uh, you look at the trend in the NFL; it's a copycat league. Uh, everybody wants that next hot young offensive mind. Is it Kellen Moore? And you look at the game last night. I know Twitter was blowing up. Nobody <laughs> in Vikings Twitter wanted this guy anymore. You can't. You can't judge one, one game. One game. And and that I mean the Cowboys came up flat. Penalties. Dak was off. The sun was getting in receiver's eyes. There's all sure. kinds of things going against okay. him there. But look what this offense has done. I mean, ranked first in the league, most of the league, uh, most of the year. Uh, 50 bombs. They put up, I think, three or four times this year. So he definitely uh, he has a lot of weapons. But he uses all of his weapons. He doesn't just focus on the run game. He's spreading yeah. that ball around. He's getting guys like Cedric Wilson involved. When you have CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, I mean, and Zeke Elliott. So he's using everything he's got. I like what he's done. Yes, yesterday wasn't a great example. And if you're really going to factor that in, then definitely he's stocked down right now, but he's a guy who's intrigued me. Hackett, I also like to. Um, again, he's kind of hard to judge when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, but he actually got Blake Bortles to win a right. playoff game. Yep. So that says a lot about who he is. I saw a video of him talking. I mean, he's just one of these guys who kind uh, of, you, you just, you, your eyes perk up and you listen to him. Yep. And he starts talking and he kind of gets your attention. Um, and I like the Mika Ryans, too. You look at what this defense, uh, San Francisco defense, has done this last couple of weeks. kind of the catalyst to get them to where they are. Those are some guys that really do intrigue me on that list. Um, but, again, and Kevin O'Connell, too, I actually like. I, I like that Rams guy coming from um, Sean McVay tree. Mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, again, you want that young offensive mind doing things modern. We haven't had a modern approach here in a while in Minnesota. I want to see that. So one of those guys kind of intrigued me more mm-hmm. than the
2: others. Yeah, I like I like those guys. I think uh, Kellen Moore probably, not because of yesterday, but kind of uh, I'd put maybe at the bottom of the list of those guys um, just because he hasn't really been able to show anywhere else that he can then can do a good job without maybe like Dak or, or Zeke or CeeDee Lamb. I know that Dak was hurt a bunch last year um but, and the Cowboys didn't do well. So, um but and you look at a guy like Hackett who, you, you know, you mentioned he he's with the Packers and he's got Rodgers right now, but yeah, and you mentioned that in the past he's worked well with Blake Bortles. Uh, you know, he was at Syracuse too and he uh, like that's not a football school. Uh, and they were able to get some some wins out of out of that program when he was there. And I believe he was with the Bills too and they, you know, he got mm-hmm. I think he led them to maybe nine wins or helped lead them to nine wins when they had like uh Kyle Orton and uh EJ Manuel. Um so he's he's I like that he's been able to get the most out of the guys that he has, you know, at his disposal. And uh I like that. And like you said, some of his press conferences as well, he comes off as, as someone who is more positive and relatable, um and willing to maybe, you know, make some adjustments adjustments based on the guys that he has, which is something that you need. And I like D'Amico Ryans because he's a former player. And I think, you know, what was missing with Mike Zimmer, um, that regime was just, at the end, it felt like the players didn't really have a coach that they could go to and relate to or really just talk to about just things, even just on the field. And I think what D'Amico Ryans, him being a player pretty recently, um, he knows, you know, what, what these these guys are feeling, what what they're going through, how to motivate them, uh, to, you know, to get the most out of this generation. Because that's a factor. I mean, someone, Mike Zimmer, he's, what, 65 and he's dealing with 20-year-olds? Mm. Uh, It's going to be a big, you know, what Mike Zimmer might expect out of someone, like, in the past is not going to be, you know, he's not going to get the same out of someone like we saw with, like, maybe, like, a Cam Dancer or... Or somebody like that, or Chris Boyd. uh, It's going to be much different. So I like those. I like D'Amico Ryan's. I like Kevin O'Connell because he is from the McVeigh coaching tree or whatever, and Mm -hmm. that seemed to do pretty well with Matt Lafleur and Zach Taylor, um, and even even Brandon Staley and um, with with the Chargers. You know, they they didn't make the playoffs, but he still did a, a pretty good job. Are there any of the candidates that they've requested that you want the Vikings to do? You know, nothing to do with.
1: Not really. I'm I'm trying to keep an open mind. I was pretty anti Doug Peterson at first, just because right. I don't like, I don't like the way they went from a Super Bowl to everything just kind of falling apart. There, um, he was the one initially, but I've kind of warmed up to him a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, not. There's no one really that I'm just kind of like no like
2: oh out. no Todd Bowles.
1: Uh no, uh, you know, I, I would have been like that with, with what I mean hearing with Brian Flores. They would have brought him in just right. hearing that he's kind of like Zimmer, very standoffish, hard right, to work right, with. Right. I don't want that type in here. So that would have been one where I definitely would have been like, no way after initially being very excited. But when that stuff started coming out about him,
2: I was like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need just they need the, to do like a total 180. Like you can bring in a defensive guy, but, you know, we don't need the, the Vikings don't need like the the general to come in and get everyone in, in line because I feel like this, this team is pretty disciplined. They got a lot of guys in the locker room that keeps everyone in line. It's not mm-hmm. like they're like the Jaguars or something where they need no. like to, an entire culture change. There there yeah. needs to be a culture change, but it's not massive.
1: Well, I think Zimmer brought in that kind of accountability and discipline. Sure. So I think that stays. And that's one thing that's going to probably last from Zimmer era, but, um, uh, you need that relatability now that's what you need
2: yeah for sure um are there you mentioned Doug Peterson are there any other coaches that you would like to see maybe the vikings meet with before they make their final decision because i'm i'm guessing that these seven candidates are not you know going to be the final guys they meet with because one they got to pick a gm and then they might want to bring some other people in
1: yeah, uh, and it's weird because the Vikings really have never hired a retread coach other than the year Bud Grant came back. So this would be something new for them if they actually went this route. But Josh McDaniels is one I feel like. Yeah, I like very. You too. Yeah, I I feel like you know he had his year in or whatever a couple of years in Denver. Now he's back under Belichick. I think that's going to be. I, I don't always like that, but I do like that about McDaniels. I think he's ready now to make the leap and coming here, uh, learning from the best ever. I, I, that excites me.
2: Quite yeah, a bit. we've we've written a couple times on the Viking age. He's he's been kind of linked to the Vikings because the report is that he wants to go somewhere where there isn't a GM in place, so he can kind of you know have a say maybe in in who gets that GM job, so that you know he can work together with that person and and build the best team. And then uh, I read somewhere that the the Vikings have strong interest in McDaniel's too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. He's been with the Patriots after he was with the Broncos, uh, he's been with the Patriots now for like the last 10 years, you know, didn't, wasn't able to do much with Cam Newton when he, when he was there. But I think that was probably more on Cam Newton, uh, than, than McDaniels. Cause they switched the entire offense pretty much for Cam yep. Newton and, uh, just didn't work out. And obviously he's been able to get the most out of Mac Jones. Um, and he knows he's was, was with Tom Brady for a bunch of years. So he knows what it takes to, to be great. And he's been to Super Bowls and everything. And, I think, yeah, he's, and he gets a bad rap for that, that Colts, um, you know, maybe f- flopping out on them or whatever, but yeah. I've done a little more reading on that. It seems like after he agreed to it, he met more and like the things that maybe he, th- the Colts said they were going to provide him, they didn't. And, you know, he just didn't really want to be set up to fail. So he was just like, all right, I'm just going to go back to, you know, New England and and take another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think of that. And there's another guy in Los Angeles on McVeigh, Sean McVeigh's staff. His name is Thomas Brown. He is their assistant head coach. He just got a – the Dolphins just requested to meet with him for their head coaching job. I think he's, like, 35. Um, he's only been with the, the Rams for two years, but people are already comparing him to Mike Tomlin. Um, and McVeigh just raves about him as far as, like, just – being a coach, he was the running backs coach last year, and he got promoted to assistant head coach this year. So I think that says a lot. Um, and he's just been, I guess, he's like a, a master motivator and gets the most out of his guys. So I, I'd keep an eye, an eye on a guy like that because if Sean McVay, you know, likes him, like like we mentioned with Lafleur and Zach Taylor, like he's he's got a you know pretty good uh, track record for picking out guys that are pretty good at. And what they do. So I'd keep an eye on that. Thomas Brown over Thomas Brown. with the Rams. Um, Is there, you know, looking at GMs, is there a specific quality? Because, you know, we can talk about the candidates and stuff. And we'll be like, well, this guy is with the Browns or the Eagles. And like, okay, cool. We don't really know what they can do or what, what they can bring. But is there a specific quality that you would like to see in the new Vikings GM? Maybe something that maybe bothered you about some of the things that Spielman did? I don't know. Maybe put
1: a priority in the trenches a little bit more. Uh, oh, yeah. Quick, taking these athletic linemen, take the big, strong guys that dominate us fat every guys. single time. Yeah, we want fat, strong guys, a bunch <laughs> of them on both sides of the ball is what we want. That's one. And I, I want the new GM to value draft, it. not that one didn't. But I, I would rather. I don't want to get a GM in here who is willing to throw away all the first round picks for the next six years. To, you know, <laughs> to I, I I love the draft. I want the Vikings to have picks in the draft, but later in the draft, I think I'd rather see. Uh, the change from quantity over quality. I'd rather see a package and later on picks and move back into the fourth, mm-hmm. fifth, whatever, get some more quality players than just try to get seven, seven. You don't want 15 and picks? I don't want 15 picks. No, <laughs> I don't. I, don't want, I mean, yeah, you maybe you hit on one of those, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd rather trade up and get some more quality.
2: I feel, yeah, I feel like Spielman, he had a good philosophy behind that to just like get as many chances as possible to get, uh, you know, a good prospect, but when you're drafting all most of those picks in the sixth and seventh round, your chances are pretty low of, of hitting on any of those guys. And I think that kind of happened the last two years, where he's like, "We got all these picks. Uh, you know what's what's wrong with them? It's like, well, they were drafted in the sixth and the seventh round, uh, so you know that's why they're not that great. But yeah, I agree with you as far as as quality over or quantity. You know, trade trade up into the third round or the second mm-hmm. round and get, and get those. Guys, Spielman did that in the beginning. He traded up to get you know, what get Teddy Bridgewater. He traded back in the first round to get like Cordell Patterson back in the day. Uh,
1: trade back in to get Harrison Smith,
2: right? So he used to do that. I don't, I don't know what happened later on where he's just like, I have to get the most picks as possible. But you know, something happened. Yeah. Um. All right. So things didn't end well for you know Mike Zimmer's tenure with the Vikings. Uh. But but what were some of the things that you actually liked about his tenure with the Vikings?
1: Well, we already talked about it's making these players accountable for their actions off the yep. field. Uh, you, you think of back in the day, the love boat thing. Uh, I mean, people, like guys are screwing off in the field. I mean, that was pretty much, the, they cut you pretty damn quick under mm. the Zimmer era. So I like that. Uh, some of the defense, I mean, early defense, when he he kind of made we were the worst defense in the league when he took over, mm-hmm. got us pretty damn good there for a while. Obviously, I think the NFL caught up with his scheme and, mm. you know, last year's been pretty bad, but. Uh, those are a couple of things that I, that I always remember. Um, but again, yeah, it's, it's so much heartbreak too. And there, you, you, It's hard mm-hmm. to forget the missed field goal against the Seahawks in the playoffs. Obviously, um, Minneapolis miracles me on the greatest moments as a Vikings fan. You can sure. remember, but then how you followed it up with an absolute, <laughs> yeah. uh, just a big turd again against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the good things, but he was a damn good coach. You like how he was out the field. He kind of had that rougher personality. Mm-hmm guy you kind of want to sit and have a beer with. So I like that about the head coach. You know, it, it did kind of get sour in the end there. But those are some things I remember with Mike Zimmer and appreciate what he did here.
2: Yeah, I think being writing, you know, about him, I think I appreciated his press conferences and stuff like that. Because he would actually tell you stuff or he'd be honest with you. When Or if you listen to like Rick Spielman or Kirk Cousins, it's like it's, they say a lot, but it's a whole lot of nothing. So, yeah. With Zimmer, he'll he'll tell you stuff. He'll break stuff down to you. He'll be honest with you. Sometimes too honest, um, but you know he's not going to usually beat around the bush unless it has to do with an injury and he doesn't have to tell you about it. Then he's not going to tell you anything. But I yeah, I liked I liked the way that he just always had this team be competitive. You know, some people might say you know that's settling for mediocrity or whatever or you know not, not being the best, but I'd rather have them always be in the hunt than, you know, be the Jets or the Lions. Um because I have no idea how those fan bases root for those teams. Because with Zimmer, what, their worst season was last year? Seven wins? I believe so, um, yeah. Um wait So, I mean I appreciate that about him. I think yeah, he just he's got got too old, his his thing his his grumpiness, skyloads, it works. It's fine when you're winning, but uh, when you're losing, you know it's gonna grow old real fast. And uh, I think it was just time for him to go. Maybe a little too late. Uh, probably should have gone last year, or maybe even the year before. I heard if they uh, actually, I, I I read something that if they lost the Minneapolis Miracle game, that they might have let him go after that game. And I was like, oh wow. Uh, it probably would have been a good time, really looking back at it. I mean, yeah, it it might have been because. You bring in a new head coach, and that, that might have been something like that puts the Vikings over the hump to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know how that would have gone. And I don't think that actually would have happened because looking back at what Spielman and, and the owners do, they like to kind of stay consistent. Um, do you think Mike Zimmer will ever be a head coach in the, again in the NFL?
1: I don't. I really don't. He's what, 65? Yeah. You see the stuff his, his daughter's putting out on Instagram about how he, um, the only thing that makes him happy is his grandkids. <laughs> yeah. He's got well, like a, a hot, really hot 30-year-old girlfriend. He's got a ranch. What? Did, why would you come back? I, you got nothing to come back for. He's 65 years old. His defense is kind of archaic now. Yeah. If anything, he'll go be an assistant with Dion over there in Florida Atlantic. Maybe that's where yeah. his uh, future <laughs> lies. But I, I really don't. I don't think he's going to come back. I don't know who would actually – I shouldn't say I, I don't know who would want him because you see Clint Kubiak I an interview with the Carolina <laughs> Panthers, so anything is possible. <laughs> But honestly, I yeah, think Ben
2: I, I McAdoo think got a, an interview today, too. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> See, you just never know. I don't know what the Panthers are doing. They're trying to get the next number one pick next year. I don't know, but uh, I, I really think he's done. I really do. I don't know how you feel about it. Um,
2: I would say probably not as a head coach. I could see him maybe as a defensive coordinator somewhere, somewhere, someplace that just has maybe like a younger coach looking for some of that experience um, on their staff. I could see him doing that. I, just don't, um, I don't think yeah. he's having fun anymore. No, it doesn't seem like it. Um, I could see him going to like the Browns as like a senior defensive assistant or something like that, helping Stefanski out. I think he liked him, um, so I could see that. And yeah, he's got. He doesn't have to. He's getting paid the next two years, so it's not like he needs to get another job. I think he he's probably just going to get bored. I think that's the only reason why he would take a job somewhere else. Because a lot of these guys will just they'll be a consultant or something because yep. they just get so bored. Um, and then yeah. The only place I think he might be a head coach would be like a place like Jacksonville. That's just looking for like a complete change from what they just had. But I don't even know what they're looking for in Jacksonville. Um, I don't think they know what they're looking for. No. Um, <laughs> no at all. So yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be a head coach again. All right, moving on to Kirk Cousins. He is still around. He is still with the Vikings as of right now. Uh, we'll see in a couple months if that's the case. So, what do you think the chances are that Kirk Cousins is the Vikings' starting quarterback next season? Right now, I guess
1: I'm going to say sixty percent that he stays. And sixty. Well, I just you know it depends who the GM is and who the head coach is. If they think For they sure. can win in year one and they want to make an impression right away, get some instant return on coming here, then I think they probably stay with Kirk Cousins. And just I think they can be competitive in year one. I think they will be competitive in year one. The other thing is that if you do get an offer, even a, a some kind of a decent offer where you're getting some draft picks, second, third round, or maybe you get a first, I don't know what you get for Kirk Cousins. But there's teams that are quarterback away. I mean, the Steelers are the one that come to mind. Yep. You look at Denver. Um, he's got connections over there. You never know what's going to happen with the Browns and Baker Mayfield, Stefanski, Cousins. Panthers. I mean, that could be – yeah. So that could be definitely some ways they go. Um, so I, I think it's just over 50-50, but he sure. probably comes back.
2: I, I think I think the Steelers are going to be big uh big com- like I think they're going to try and get Kirk Cousins cuz they they can't go forward with Mason Rudolph. Um, no. <laughs> that's not, they're not going <laughs> to do it. maybe I would actually I think they might go after Russell Wilson first um see if they can get him and then you know maybe Kirk Cousins would be a consolation prize. Obviously there's the connection with the Broncos with George Payton. He's with the someone who actually helped the Vikings get uh Kirk Cousins. So I would I would keep an eye on that, um, but at the same time, he knows uh, you know what Kirk Cousins is, is not good at and what he is good at, and obviously there's the connection in Cleveland too, Kevin Stefanski and uh, their situation at quarterback. Which you know, if you ask Baker Mayfield, they're fine, but uh, anyone else probably not. Just just talking about Kirk Cousins, you know, he puts up all these good stats, but for some reason, his entire career, it just really hasn't amounted to wins um and do you have any explanation for that why don't you think his stats translate into wins
1: i don't know it's really hard to put a finger on it because look at how many games he actually drove the team back down the field to either tie the game or win the game or be in position to win and they just don't do it so i don't know if it's just bad luck or if (laughs) uh, i mean the vikings defense was so bad this year i mean it's you had to score forty points to guarantee yourself a victory, um, but again, you look at Aaron Rodgers and guys like that who wins. So they say, you know, good teams find ways to win games. Well, should that apply to quarterbacks too? Should good quarterbacks find ways to win games? Mm-hmm. And maybe Kirk Cousins doesn't fit that criteria.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I think I think sometimes what people miss when you're like when if if I or you or somebody else would bring up the topic of trading Kirk Cousins, they'll be like. You know, well, well, who are you gonna get better or, or why why won't you keep him looking at his stats? And it's like it just it's just not working. You know, it's it's time to, you know, bite the bullet and, and move on. And people keep saying like you're gonna bring in this these offensive masterminds to get like you're finally gonna get you know, get the leash off of Kirk or or get the most out of him. And it's like he's been in the league for ten years. Like what he's not gonna miraculously like discover how to play quarterback at the best level right now. He he is what he is. <laughs> and, the, and the point isn't
1: to get better next year. The point is right. to get a better team, you know, two years down the road. Right. And if they do get rid of Kirk Cousins, then I hope they don't bring in some scrub patchwork guy like a Brooks Bollinger again, or something like they used to do Teddy. back in the past. Yeah. I would rather see like you go get a drew lock or something like that. A guy who still has some upside, maybe can win you some games. Uh, and then, you know, I still know what we have in Kellen Mon, which is still a, not that I have a lot of hope for him, but I would like to see a
2: little bit of him this year. Yeah, we really have no idea because Zimmer. There was no way Zimmer was playing him. No. Um. Guess <laughs> no, what, what we know about him and Spielman now, like not talking for like the last few months, there was no way that that Kellen Mond was going to see the light of day. So, no. um, you mentioned the Steelers. All right. Yeah, we already talked about some some teams that the that Cousins might be able to land with. I mentioned the Steelers. The Broncos, what the Panthers maybe. I could see maybe the Texans if they move on from uh, Deshaun Watson. Cause a lot of these teams, I think the Vikings are at the advantage because Kirk Cousins only has one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. And people keep saying, well, no one's gonna take his forty five million dollar cap it. Well, actually it's thirty five if uh for every other team in the NFL if they require him. It's not it's only forty five for the Vikings. And they could tack on like another ten, be like, okay, we'll take it only cost you twenty five. Like there are a lot of teams that would take Kirk Cousins for $25 million for one year. Absolutely. Um, so I think the trade market is going to be uh, interesting, especially with a new GM coming in. Um, do you think there's any chance that they sign him to an extension?
1: I really don't. <laughs> I just think the new guy is going to want his guy. You always see that new regime yeah. comes in. They want their guy. Um Again, if you want some instant you know, gratification, maybe they keep Kirk Cousins around. But if you get something for him this year, I think you almost have to go out and get something for him because he's probably not coming back after this year. Uh, so I would be shocked if they extended him.
2: Um, do you think the Vikings, you know, depending on who they get as head coach and GM, but do you think they could quickly turn into a contender again? Like you see teams maybe like the 49ers in the past or even the Bengals this year. Like there's just you know, snap of the fingers and they're, they're winning the division and yeah. getting going far in the playoffs. You think the Vikings are, they have maybe the talent to do that next year.
1: I think they do. I mean, you get Irv Smith, junior back. You got Justin Jefferson, Delvin yep. cook, maybe you have Adam Thielen back. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh You got your left tackle of the future. You got your right tackle. You yep. maybe have your left guard. Uh, their two positions are very, very bad, but then you go to def- the, the defensive side of football. is what worries me. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Hunter, if he comes back, that would be a definitely a huge help. I don't know if you bring back Pierce or Tomlinson. I don't know what the cap hit is if you cut him, but not really overly impressive with you yeah. one of those guys. Uh, you don't really have an opposite Daniel Hunter right now. DJ won him. Yeah, he had eight sacks, but though, that was so up and down and fluky, and right, he's right, horrible right. against the run. Kendricks will be back. Great. Anthony Barr's he already said his goodbye, so he's out of here. Uh, Harrison Smith, I mean, he wasn't making the impact plays he did last year, but he's still Harrison Smith. The cornerback group is definitely the question. Do uh, you bring back Patrick Peterson? Otherwise, you got, what, Cam Dancer as the old man in the group right
2: now? <laughs> Chris so, Boyd. I think Chris Boyd's the oldest. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> Chris Boyd. Um, so, offensively, definitely, the defensive side of the sure. ball is really where scary. Uh, that's the scary part.
2: Yeah, that's why I think it's – it's you. we mentioned in the very beginning about, you know, how it shouldn't matter if it's defense or offense, but – you look at the Vikings, their defense is the, what needs help the most right now. So it wouldn't be surprising if they, you know, took the defensive route. They did that two times in a row with uh, Leslie Frazier and Michael and um, Mike Zimmer. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, they just got to find the best guy for the job. Um, Michael Pierce's cap hit, by the way, next year is $10 million. So So uh, I don't know if you want to have that on the books and you save a little over $6 million if uh if you release him so i think he's a pretty big candidate for release uh um. this year although he did play well like when he was on the field but he only played in like what eight games um and well, he opted well, out the year before you know yeah. obviously i'm not going to hold him opting out against him um because nobody knew what was going on in 2020 but if you're paying a guy that much you'd like to see him on the field
1: yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd run defense to be a little bit better with those two for in the middle. Sure. I don't know what was going on there.
2: Yeah, it was uh it was not good. All right, so you know, sticking with you know becoming a contender kind of quickly, should the focus be on competing in 2022 or building for 2023 for the Vikings, do you think?
1: <laughs> uh, I think like we kind of already alluded to, you can do a little bit of both, but I think okay. the, the really the plan needs to be building for the future moving right. forward. Uh Getting away from the Mike Zimmer regime. I mean, the coaching staff really needs a complete, absolute overhaul. Anybody who's related to anybody needs to get the hell out the door. No more nepotism. Sick of that crap. Um, <laughs> Is there anyone so, you would keep? Uh, I'd keep maybe McCardle. I, I do like yeah. Keenan McArdle. Uh, not just because he was a receiver. I like what he's done with, with our receiver. Look at K.J. Osborne. I mean, sure. where he come from? And then uh, Special teams coach? Ficken. Is that Ficken? Yep. Yeah, I think I'd keep those two. Yeah, Other than that, I mean, I, I love Andre Patterson. But I, he's been here forever, and yeah. maybe he yeah. needs to change his scenery, too. He yeah. He a defensive coordinator. And I see
2: a lot of people bringing him up for, like, considering him for a head coaching job. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think much is going to change. Like, uh, maybe players will be a little happier, but as far as, like, production-wise and, and wins and stuff, I don't – you're kind of going with the same philosophy. You think he's going to run a completely different defense than than Mike Zimmer? Because mm-hmm. yep. I don't. He's been, he's been in that scheme for, like, his whole life. So, yeah. I I agree building for the future is most important if they you know I'd like to see them I think I don't think they're going to do a complete rebuild I think they have too much talent too much you know invested in their roster to just start cutting everybody Um, because they're not terrible they won eight games uh, this season
1: there's there's enough on this team I mean if you try to do the rebuild I think you still could win six games easy so
2: for sure Um, so yeah, but yeah, building for the future is most important. I think guys like maybe Thielen and Harrison Smith, and you mentioned Daniel Hunter and even Kendricks, you know, they could be heading into, they either have already played their last game with the Vikings or they could be heading in their, their final season. So we're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, familiar faces probably heading out the door soon. All right. I'll leave you with this as of right now, which is January 17th. Who will be the Vikings' head coach and starting QB for the 2022 season? Wow, wow!
1: Uh, you would ask me this yesterday. I probably would have seen Kellen Moore for the head coach, <laughs> but um, I'm starting to get off that one. I, I'm starting to think it's going to be Josh McDaniels. I really do. Okay, uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it's going to be Kirk Cousins. Not very exciting, but I okay. think it's that's just what I'm gonna go with okay. right now. All
2: right, I, I'll switch it up and I'll stick with McDaniels. Um. But I'll go Teddy. Think Teddy's come back. Him, you want w- you want it so bad, don't you? Uh I just think they can draft somebody. Yeah, and then sign Teddy for like ten million. Um, and then, and you know we know McDaniel's can probably get the most out of him. And they got Dalvin Cook. We don't need the Vikings. Don't need Teddy to carry the offense. Maybe like the Panthers did, or even the Broncos. Um, you know they just need him to come in, and not turn the ball over, kind of like he what he was in twenty fifteen. And use the money that you save signing Teddy or somebody else. Who knows? What is Case Keenum a free agent next year? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Don't do it. Don't go there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I like McDaniels. I'm, I wouldn't, I would be fine. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking Nathaniel Hackett has a good shot, Um, especially him coming from the division already. But Uh, if he has a bad game against
1: the Niners, is everybody going to follow him too? I mean, that,
2: yeah. uh, I think you know. I think Lafleur takes a lot of that blame. Yeah. With with the lack Believe. of playoff success that they've had, I think Lafleur Lafleur is taking a lot of that blame. And everyone's going to blame Aaron Rodgers. Like, come on, he's he's been a lightning rod this year, so he deserves it. <laughs> everyone's going to take that chance to to pile on if they lose on Sunday, which I think is pretty good because I think I saw yesterday that Aaron Rodgers was like zero and three against the Niners in the playoffs. So Hell uh, yeah, yes, we'll yes. see. It, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be a good game. For sure. Well, um, this
1: what this is what the new regime has to change. They have okay. we have to be in the position where the Packers want us to lose in the playoffs every year. We have to yeah. quit. You know, our big win is against them. That whole thing needs to flip and it's beyond time that it does. We,
2: we got to make sure that their game against the Vikings every year is their Super Bowl. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So. <laughs> All right, Nick. Yep. Uh where can people follow you on Twitter?
1: Follow me at Lupagus on Twitter and be sure to hop on YouTube. Follow us so uh, subscribe
2: to one bar and Lupagus show. For sure. Go check that out. Putting out lots of good content right now with everything going on make sure to follow the viking age on twitter face and facebook subscribe to this podcast on the apple podcast app spotify wherever you get your podcasts but until next time we will talk to you later